0: Hello, hello, hello. My name is Alex. And my name is Paula. And we are your two hosts of Deep Space Gay. Do it. Engage. Fascinating. Steady as she goes. Today, we don't have a guest, which is sad because I really enjoyed having a guest last week. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Kellen, they're amazing. Thank you again to Kellen if you're listening. Um, We've had a few people reach out to us, which was really cool. Um, we got our first email. We are extremely excited
1: about that email. Like we cannot even tell you. Alex ran into my room like while I was still in bed, and she was like, "Oh my god, you have to listen to this. We got an email." This all happened on the fifth of November. If anyone is wondering, it was a quite memorable day for us in
0: general. <laughs> a lot of stuff has happened on November fifth, twenty twenty. Um, if you don't know, maybe we will put a link to a Tumblr video, uh, on our like Twitter. If you're interested, then you can, I don't know, witness what has happened. A lot of stuff. But it was really exciting, genuinely. I just um, came out of the show and I was like, oh, I got an email. And then I was like, oh, it's an email. And I ran into Paula's room, um, as described. And it was amazing. So um, this email was from a listener. Her name, I think it's her. She didn't really, or they didn't really put down their pronouns. So I'm just going to assume. And it was really nice and really amazing. So thank you so much again. So yeah, it was a good week. I think a lot of stuff has happened. And for at least Paula and I, we had a good week. Some people didn't, but we had. (laughs) Yeah, we had quite a good week, I think.
1: Which is why we wanted to bring you all into our joy and quite unhingedness. Let you (laughs) share our like one brain cell that we have like between the two of us now. And let's just say like... We did not have a break between our thesis and the semester starting, so we're two weeks into the semester and we're still just as tired. And (laughs) yeah, like let's just say thinking is hard at the moment, so we'll see what we do here today and how it all turns out. Um, But basically, we want to bring you into our one shared brain cell and talk a little bit about... Something that I have noticed while watching um, Star Trek for the past year. Like a trope that has popped up again and again. Which is basically what I've gotten to call horny space virus. The premise of the episode is relatively simple. People go somewhere. Like an away team or whatever. And the people get infected by quite a mysterious disease. That then lowers their inhibitions so that they say... Do or act in a way that they wouldn't ever if they were just you just sober, just you know, if they had all their thinking abilities, if you want. And um, there's three episodes I picked out. There might be more, but those are the three that I've seen personally that have all just basically reminded me of that one trope. Um, and so the three episodes we're gonna talk about today are the Naked Time, the TOS episode. The Naked Now, the TNG episode. If you've listened for a while, you know that Alex and me mix up those two episodes frequently. We don't know why, but we just, like I said,
0: don't be mean. We only have one brain cell
1: left and
0: we're trying. I mean, it's it's obvious why we mix them up. The name is almost the same and it's the same plot. I think TNG is just a little bit more uncomfortable to watch because it's hornier. And I think the big, like, thing is with, like, the naked time, it's not like there is something with a clock or anything that would make us, like, remember, oh, wait, that was naked time. So I think that's the big reason why we mix them up. So if that happens here, I would say I'm sorry, but I'm genuinely not because I'm just, like, confused.
1: Same. Perpetually confused by everything. Okay, so in the last episode, I want to talk about, albeit pretty briefly, is A Fascination, which is a Deep Space Nine episode. But um, that's the one that I'm gonna get to last because it's definitely the most uncomfortable one. And also, like, it just makes sense, you know, timeline-wise. But Alex hasn't seen this one, which is why we're gonna, like, do something special for that one. We're gonna have a lot of fun today. And we're also gonna have a lot of fun with you starting, well, now.
0: Yeah, well, well definitely now. I, I don't know what's happening. Um, I just want to say that I haven't seen the episode. I'm currently in the... I think second episode of season three of Deep Space Nine because like the Dominion war is currently happening which is quite hilarious because the timing with Donald Trump and the Dominion is just like I I don't know I like (laughs) 2020 really is coming for me and my sanity and it's going strong because I saw that and I was like no it knows the world knows what I'm watching so yeah.
1: So, all right, before we start discussing the episodes, I have one last disclaimer because basically there are some romantic entanglements in these episodes, at least two of them, that are not quite consensual or what we would think of as consensual because the people in these entanglements are under the influence of something that they cannot control, which is why this might be triggering for some people. And I just want to put it out there um, so that everyone basically knows what we're getting ourselves into um yeah but let's start talking about these horny space virus episodes shall we now so the first episode i wanted to talk about um is a naked time as i've mentioned it's a tos episode episode six of season one it aired on september 29th 1966 and um i want to do like a quick kind of recap but um i'm not just i'm not gonna focus on anything that one would consider the Lot of the episode like everything that's like basically there to just keep it moving and stuff just know that i will not focus on any of that i'm just gonna tell you the highlights basically um but the premise is like there's a dying planet i think it's called psi 2000 and there's a research team stationed on that planet and the premise is that the enterprise basically just needs to get them right because the planet is dying before they die they're like oh yeah get them Um, the away team is only two people it's spock and um, lieutenant tormolin tormolin i think um and you know as soon as they beam down to the planet they're like well this is weird because everyone's dead spoiler alert they all died um and the way that they are found is just like really weird because one is like one sits at the console and it looks like nothing happened and he just sits there but he's dead and he's frozen to death um, there's one person fully clothed in the shower and one person strangled. So they're like, well, nothing we can do here. And they beam back up <laughs> and obviously they get checked over by Dr. McCoy in the sickbay. And he's like, yeah, well, nothing's wrong with you. Um, just, you know, go on with your day. But then trom- tromlin, um acts really weird at lunch and basically just threatens Sulu and Lieutenant Riley with a knife he only ends up hurting himself basically and you know he's like taken to sickbay and he basically succumbs to his injuries which mccoy thinks is really weird because they were not that serious like he could have definitely saved him and he's like well there's something else going on here like let's see what this is i'm just gonna tell you right now what's going on so that i don't have to explain it later and like maybe forget it basically he got infected by like a mysterious disease i'm gonna explain later what the disease is it's only technobabble like there's nothing to it but um <laughs> the infection gets spread by skin-to-skin contact so you kind of need to keep that in mind because otherwise it won't make sense how all these people are getting infected that yet yeah, it it like the infection in itself is also really really quick like
0: you just need to touch them very briefly and it's like yep you're infected too i just think it's really hilarious that i don't know Like last year, I wouldn't have thought about this, like how someone gets infected or if it's like by touch or airborne. And the same thing goes with like when they beam down to this like research place and they wear these really weird hazmat suits. And I'm like, last year, I wouldn't have thought about this. And then 2020 came was like, how about you get a virus? And I was like, "Ah." so it's actually I think that's what makes like today really interesting when we think about these episodes because now we're like we know what it's like and there are a lot of moments especially we're currently watching um, star trek enterprise like with archer and fate of the heart and there are like a few scenes where i'm like yeah that's not realistic if this were like a real disease that wouldn't (laughs) happen and then i'm like oh my god
1: (laughs) what have i become
0: yeah we've been
1: we've been scarred by this definitely (laughs)
0: 2020 am i right it's,
1: it's, it's, it's great. Okay, mm. let's keep this. Let's keep the good times rolling. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so um, where was I? Okay, so basically um, because um, the lieutenant touched Sulu and Riley, both of them are infected, right? So one of the greatest scenes that Star Trek TOS has ever produced happens in this episode, in this very one, because Sulu decides he hasn't had enough of his uniform, he's had enough of of his duties, he strips off his top and just starts fencing on the ship, shirtless, which, great, honestly, good decision. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes to the bridge and he tries to kidnap Ahura. One of our favorite moments ever happens, where he's like, "I'll protect you, fair maiden," and she's like, "Neither." And it's just um, yeah, I just had to treat myself to that scene again, you know. I just had to. Um. So um. Meanwhile, Riley he locks himself in engineering and he starts singing Irish folk songs over the intercom, which everyone finds really really terrible i mean i would do just and then there's another weird moment in sickbay where chapel just decides to confess her love for spock and that scene made me really really uncomfortable because like she takes his hands and she also like touches his face and it's like really bad so um, yeah, that's how Spock gets infected and he, like, the way that the virus presents in him is basically that he can't contain his emotions anymore. I'm sure you've all seen, like, the gifs of Spock, like, leaning against the door being like, I'm in control of my emotions. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> how many times Alex and me have sent this gif to each other during, like, exam time or just, like, just, you know, I'm I'm sure you feel us sometimes you are really not in control of your emotions and that's fine Spock I just want to tell you it's fine so yeah he uh breaks down crying because he never told his mother how much he loved her and obviously that is really terrible um so there's like a bunch of other stuff that happens basically they're like ready turned off the engines and then they're like spiraling down to this planet which is not great And then, like, Scotty and Jim, they try to find a solution. And they basically have to, like, cold start the engines, which could go horribly wrong. Like, everyone could blow up. And Jim obviously needs the help of a science officer because Spock is brilliant and he can help, usually. And he looks for him. And when he finds him, Spock is still breaking down. He's crying. He's talking about his mom. And Jim thinks, you know what? The only way to solve this is basically if I just slap your face. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Just imagine whenever like you just imagine you sitting in your room and you're having a nervous breakdown because i don't know bachelor thesis yeah. and i walk in and i'm like Paula's crying you know what that calls for violence <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. going and slapping you that would like that would not be great i mm. mean it would be hilarious for you not but for, for me it would be quite entertaining because a lot of pent-up anger But I always love in these old shows, but also new shows, like we've seen it in Avengers Endgame, this approach to someone is emotional, someone has depression. How about we fucking punch them? I'm like, who taught you this? Men. (laughs) 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 Yes.
1: Okay, so basically... Jim slaps Spock's face and he um, tries to, like, just get him out of his thing. And then there's a very, very good Spock moment for all y'all shippers out there is when, um, basically, Spock, he, like, starts to come around, but he's not really coherent yet. And he says, Jim, when I feel friendship for you, I'm ashamed. I've spent a whole lifetime <laughs> learning to hide my feelings. And, like, that just hits, you know. it just It just hits. It's really good.
0: Yeah, it does. But at the same time, my brain is like, this is what... Dean Winchester thought when Castiel confessed his feelings to him (laughs) every time I think about you I'm ashamed (laughs) yeah and then off to super
1: mega turbo hell you go okay um (laughs) okay so Jim obviously because he slapped Spock that's like skin to skin to contact he gets infected and then he laments over how he's basically in an abusive relationship with the Enterprise which is hilarious (laughs) because he's like yeah Spock don't ever fall for love you just get hurt all the time the ship she just takes and takes for me, and I always give, and it's like it's really weird. It's, yeah. So so Jim's in love with the Enterprise. That's kind of now, make of that as you will. And so yeah, basically McCoy discovered um, that the water on the planet contains like an undiscovered molecule, and he. Um, found out that it makes everyone act as if they're under the influence of alcohol, basically. It lowers the inhibitions, like they don't have any, like, just rational judgment anymore. And he finds a cure, everyone's cured. In the end, everything's great. Obviously, the Enterprise does not explode, does not crash on the planet. Everything's great again.
0: But everything is awesome. Everything,
1: everything is, is great when you're you you team. team.
0: Everything okay. is awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing today? No one really knows. <clears throat> So basically, this whole thing just, you know, acts as a blueprint for another episode, which is the Naked Now. Yes. PNG episode, season one, episode three. So just like the um, TOS episodes, like in the beginning of the show, which is interesting because I think if like they aired week to week and I was watching that, I don't know how I would have reacted just if that came up one night and I would be like, okay, maybe I should stop watching this. I don't know.
0: I think especially because I think the second episode was the super racist one. Yeah. It wasn't that. So I I don't know what their choice was, but maybe they thought because these episodes were so prominent in TOS, Mm. maybe that's the reason why they decided to do that. I'm not entirely Mm -hmm. sure. But yeah, it's a weird choice, especially as as the third episode.
1: Yes. Like the first no. episode is obviously like the two um episodes, like like yeah. the the long ones and then the thick second one I think might be the one with um where Tasha gets kidnapped and like on the planet, yeah. right?
0: yeah, yeah the, the racist one what's it what it's called I don't know call of honor i I having something, something like with that? honor yeah something Yeah. Is, it's it's really bad so yeah I don't know who made these decisions um,
1: Rick Berman did you know it yeah. I know it
0: too <laughs> I'm not entirely sure <laughs> I think I read this though like I think like I read for this
1: episode specifically where Berman was like yeah this is like a tribute to the great TOS episode it's like not a copy or something so he was definitely involved with like the planning of yeah. the seasons and stuff So let's just blame it all on Rick Berman, as we always do, because that is a great tactic for enjoying Star Trek. Yep. Yes. So this one is going to be a little bit shorter because there weren't that many memorable moments in this. I can talk. Mm -hmm. Um, So the episode starts off because the Enterprise responds to the hail from a science vessel. They don't know its name, don't want to know its name. Um, They're in need of help. And they're just basically like laughing the whole time, They are sending their distress call and everyone's like, well, this is really weird. So then they tow the thing and then they beam over an away team. And this away team discovers that the crew is yet again in various stages of undress. Because why not? And yet again, there is someone fully clothed in the shower. Isn't that weird? I think we've seen that before. Um, so basically, Jordi gets hit with a frozen body, as you do. And he's the first <laughs> to get sick this time.
0: Um <laughs> I'm sorry, like my brain was just like, frozen body, yeet! <laughs> Have you ever been yeeted on by a uh, frozen body? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um, so basically he starts to get sick, he's like feverish and whatnot, and he gets tested by Dr. Crusher, and there's like a whole thing, but basically then he like, leaves the bed at some point, and he goes to Wesley, because he's there too, shout out to our man, Will Wheaton. Um, we just like to see him, you know, just love to yeah. see him and um he has like wesley has like this portable tractor beam that he shows to geordie and he's like really proud of it and whatnot and meanwhile riker just like he remembered because he has watched star trek before as have we he remembers the naked time and he's like damn there was someone in the shower there too fully clothed and dead well it's not a cranky dink and he like does some research <laughs> with data, and like they try to figure out how they can cure this thing. And meanwhile, like Jody goes to the observation lounge, and he infects Tasha because she is the security officer at this time, uh, the tactical officer. And she's like, "You need to go back to sick And he's like, "No, I don't want to." And then he gets like really, really sad. Um, he's like, "Yeah, can you help me? Can you help me?" It's it's actually quite sad. And then, um, because he wants to see again, because obviously Jody's blind. I. I am apologizing now because I'm not going to explain any of these characters to you. So if you haven't watched the episodes or haven't seen like TNG, TOS or DS9, so sorry. So yeah, okay. Um, Jordi obviously is blind. He can't see and no one can help him see again. He has his visor, but like he takes it off and it's, all, it's a whole thing. Um, so then Tasha obviously is infected, which means she is going off and has sex with Data...
0: Yeah, that's the incredibly horrible moment where Mm -hmm. we, as the viewer, find out that Data is fully Fully functional. functional. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This is like one of the worst moments, and I just want to chime in here. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, CBR ranked the relations between Data and Tasha Yar in this episode at the top three Grinch-worthy relationships on Star Trek. And the main reason for that is this episode because it's just so horrible to look at. It's really like everything in my body was just like, no. It is quite terrible. Like also like the way
1: that Tasha looks. Maybe you can like if you don't remember the episode, like just Google it and like find an image. I think like one of the first images for this episode on um Memory Alpha is actually like the way that Tasha looks in that moment. Also, like at some point she breaks into Diana's De- quarters and steals a bunch of her scarves and like... It's it's a whole thing but it's not that noteworthy, I don't know.
0: No, I don't know it's bad.
1: So yeah, she and Data they're doing the Devil's Tango. <laughs> and um Baymy Beverly, you know, she's kind of coherent still Beverly and she tries to find an antidote that is similar to Dr. McCurry's antidote from the episode before. Um it doesn't work because it's not the same um the same virus, but um yeah. Wesley, also, he got infected by Geordi. Um, he takes control of engineering, which is actually really funny. He uses, like, um, like the voice of
0: Picard. He's back!
1: Like, he has, like, a kind of toy, and it, like, simulates the voice of
0: Picard, and um, <laughs> he takes control
1: of engineering and the ship.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to say if you're a fan of Brooklyn Nine-Nine it's similar to what Jake is doing in that one episode where he has this soundboard of mm-hmm. Captain Holt only it sounds a little bit more cohesive and I think a bit better on like TNG Yeah, but yeah that's the level we're at that <laughs> yeah, is the level we're at now um, so yeah
1: basically why it, um, Wesley takes control of the ship is because like Picard won't allow him on the bridge but he's really mad about this and you know um, very important to note is that the engineer Mr. Shimoda he gets through the force field to Wesley and then he removes all the Isolinia chips from the um, <laughs> from the engineering section and he plays Jenga with them, which is um, some podcasts think that's the greatest moment in TNG ever. I'm not gonna say who, but some people do think that. Yeah, in the end, everything obviously turns out fine. They do get away. Data, like, um is coherent again because he also acts weird throughout the episode. Like, they know that right at the beginning when he's, like, really, like, just snappy, I think.
0: It's just weird. Like, he's snappy and he's, like, really, I don't know, dismissive in some way. Yeah. And it's really weird. Isn't he, like, because he's an android and I'm like, how does a virus affect a computer I, I mean yeah there is a computer virus i'm aware but <laughs> you know what i mean i do know it's like how does edward in twilight have sex same question
1: yes it's the same <laughs> question it's exactly the same problem i, I see why you are. i went. mean <laughs> Thank you. um yeah so yeah in the end they get away like there's this neutron star, like, collapsing, by the way. I did not mention that because it wasn't important until now, but it's, like, collapsing. So the enterprise is, like, in big danger. And then, you know, they get data to, like, put all the isolinear chips back into the, th- like, um, you know, the, the engines or whatever, like, in engineering and um, everyone gets healed by the end and they use Wesley's device to save the ship so then he's the hero i think that's like the first time i mean it's only the third episode so i'm pretty sure it's the first time where he like is the teen genius hero that we've all not seen ourselves in because we're not geniuses obviously um but good for him we love Wesley yeah great
0: definitely good for him yeah
1: i also forget to mention that this episode aired on the 5th of october in 87 but yeah that wasn't that important so
0: yeah i don't yeah if you if you if you're really like into dates you're welcome here you are
1: okay so that was the naked now there's a bunch more stuff happening with like Riker and troy and everything but yeah just like that was the most noteworthy stuff i think so, yeah, I just want to, like, we're just going to play, like, a little tiny, tiny game with this. Um, <laughs> so, I'm going to tell you, like, a bunch of just stuff about the episode mm-hmm. first. To just, rent- like, for first off, the episode is called Fascination. It's episode 10 of season 3 of DS9, which means that Alex is actually almost there. Like, I'm not yeah, many more almost. episodes to go. Um, and the premise of this thing is that the crew of DS9 is preparing for the Bajoran Gratitude Festival... Um which is being celebrated on the station and Kira obviously is very excited for this and also her boyfriend Vedic Beryl is due to arrive so she's doubly excited and um she like meets at the hangar for the um shadows to arrive and um there she well she meets Miles O'Brien because Keiko has been off the station for a while with Molly because they are on Bajor and they're like doing this um scientific mission about plant life basically just discovering new plant life on Bajor because she was terribly bored and very you know just didn't like life on DS9 basically um so yeah they meet each other and they're like yeah significant others are coming back isn't that the greatest thing and then they do arrive but surprise surprise who's also there? Our favorite character L'Oxana Troy. <laughs> So that's kind of the episode, and Loxana, she's like off immediately. Oh, first off, Molly is barfing, she's not feeling well. Like, poor Molly, because she's been fed sweets by Loxana Troy the whole time, and like Keiko's really annoyed. Keiko is like annoyed throughout the whole episode, which I find hard to watch at times because I feel like she's kind of like sometimes a scapegoat for like when things aren't going great with like Miles in her.
0: Yeah, I yeah. think that's something a lot of people have criticized. If you don't like Keiko, she has been introduced in, I think the first time in Data's Day in yes. like TNG. And later on, she is also in Deep Space Nine. I think that's like a huge thing with her is that she has been extremely underused. She's, she's a biologist, so she knows shit. Especially um, this assignment could be so interesting for her if you would actually have storylines where she could go into the Gamma Quadrant and do science but they never really do that what she usually does is complain be angry at mild she's the reason why something goes wrong and at the end they blame her for it and they also for example they had the storyline where she became the teacher at deep space nine and i don't know that really sometimes they mention it but you never really see her in like a teaching position i think after like season one or season two
1: yeah when the school gets blown up by the bajoran mm. like faction of people who are like really into like i don't know like religious purity and like mm. that you can't teach anyone about life in a scientific way only in like in their specific religious way um after that like the school never gets mentioned again as far as i know which is interesting.
0: Yeah, they sometimes mention her as like Mrs. O'Brien, but I think that's the end of it. And yeah, she they really do her dirty. Like Keiko de- definitely deserved better, I think on yes. the show in general.
1: I completely agree, but um yeah, so basically um she's annoyed and Roxana is off because she still has the hots for Odo in case anyone forgot that. <laughs> And she also has a strange headache, which I definitely identify with, because I'm having migraines at the moment, and it's, like, the worst. So, yeah, I feel for Oksana. Okay, and what we're going to do is, um, from that premise on, you're going to guess some things, and you're going to rate some things, too, which is going to be Okay. Fun. Okay, so what I want you like I'm gonna explain to you what like Roxana does in this episode, and then I want you to guess the effects that her illness has on the other people. Okay, so basically, sure. Roxana has a headache, and remember she still has the hots o- for Odo. Very important plot point in this episode. Um, and you know she's a telepath.
0: So what do you think? How does she affect the people around her? I think because she's a telepath, mm-hmm. I think this is I hmm i don't think it's airborne the virus or whatever it is i don't think it's by touch i think it's like maybe her like telepathic touch something something yeah and i think people just start getting headaches too once she has reached out to them via like mind powers and get horny i don't know you
1: got a lot of that right which wasn't that hard yeah because like obviously, thank you (laughs) (laughs) alex you got it right but actually you're still stupid so um yes she um since she's a telepath and um, the other people around her get disoriented for like a little bit and then they just lust after a random person mm. i think that's a great premise for this thing and i'm gonna read you some of the people who are into new people now and then you're gonna read which one is the worst i okay. have a definite i have like a definite answer to that in my head but you know people might think about this otherwise so basically, the pairings in this thing is Jake. Um, he pro um he confesses his love for Major Kira.
0: Oh no, no, he's a teenager.
1: Yeah, it's it's great. Um, so then Bariel, Vedic Bariel, he confesses his love to Jitsia, who's very um amused by all this for a moment until she gets affected too because then she tries to seduce her good old friend Benjamin Sisko <laughs> and like the only oh, no. required like thing in this is um, Kira and Bashir um, they make out quite a bit in this episode which I think is really funny because at the time they were married like um Alexander Siddick and Nana Visitor. Um, <laughs> so yeah great um and yeah like throughout the episode miles and keiko are continuing to have problems because um yeah like the mission on bajor like is longer than they thought it's like not three months but it's like much longer and yeah whatever so then in the end there's a climax um because uh, cisco is hosting a party and, like, everything comes down. It's really, really funny, honestly, like, um, because Dax, um, she's just really annoyed at Barrio because he won't stop, like, telling her how much he loves her and how much he wants her and whatnot. And so she, like, just straight up punches him in the face. Oh, amazing. I thought that was hilarious. And, you know, she's, like, really annoyed that he just distracts her from, like, trying to seduce Cisco, um, which, yeah, obviously that's priorities Ooh. for you. Um, so then Quark arrives because he does the catering for the party and he bumps into Loxana and then um, she affects him in a way that he like is in love with Keiko now, <laughs> which no one saw coming, I think. <laughs> what the fuck? But that like, leads everyone to believe, oh yeah, we saw what happened now. Hmm, obviously, Loxana is the source of all these things happening. It's like Xanthi... Xanthi? Xanthi fever? Don't know. Um, but like it's kind of fever that like basically like mature women get that high telepathic abilities. Like I don't know man. It's just like it's very sexist. It's very ageist. I
0: don't love it. And it, um, I think it sounds a little bit like the Lorelei thing where I don't know there's so many storylines where someone is like the Lorelei of the story where like every man lusts after them. And maybe it's, like, inspired by that.
1: Maybe. but they, I don't know. Like, they explain Ugh. it in a way that she has it because, like, it's a thing that affects, like, many, like, te- telepaths like her. And when they, are like, mature and they don't have a husband or whatever, then they, like, project their sexual feelings onto other people. And it's, it's kind right. of... It's kind of sexist and it's kind of ageist. I think it's like maybe an allegory for like going through your um. I don't know what it's called in English. Menopause. Hmm? Menopause. Yes, menopause. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's not a great one. Okay, so I want you to rate these, these not really pairings, but like um, you know, like the people who are into other people. So the first one that we got was Jake and Kira, or Jake onto Kira, then Baraya onto Jitsia, Jitsia onto Cisco, Kira and Bashir. That was required it and um the last one was um oh yeah quark and keiko
0: i mean the worst one is obviously the one with jake because yes. he's he's a child he is a child he, he's a teenager and this is not okay i mean i cannot possibly imagine that kira that d- does anything i i really hope like I yeah, haven't she seen doesn't that, but she like
1: lets him down but quite like In a nice way, I think. She's like, Jake, you're obviously, like, a child and whatnot. And, yeah, like... And it's really funny because, like, Jake tries to convince her and he also, like, talks to his father. And he's like, yeah, I gotta confess my love to her. And, like, Sisko doesn't really know what to do. It's pretty funny. Um, Okay,
0: yeah, I mean, I get that's funny. But, like, that's just... I mean, it's good that they didn't go through with, like, a romantic relationship or anything. Because I... It. there have been things that have been produced especially in the 90s which were really questionable so I think that's just the worst one Yes. then I think oh, I don't know Um, I'm not really a big fan of the whole who was it Kira and Bashir thing yeah because I mm, I'm, but hmm, I don't know I don't like them I think the most entertaining one is probably Jatia and, and what's his name the religious guy and Burail yeah, I think that's just because, especially since she later on punches him in the face, I think that's just the most entertaining.
1: Yeah. One. And it's also really funny because, like, they're all like so confused by why this is happening, right? Because, like, Jitsuya yeah. obviously knows that he's with her good friend Kira. Yeah and yeah that makes it like doubly funny honestly because like everyone's so confused by what's happening but like the person who like feels these feelings obviously they really feel them and like they are convinced that this is like what they want and yeah
0: yeah i think so that's like the least bad one i'm not talking about a good relationship because there aren't any in this episode but it's like the least bad one one that i also extremely hate is the one with um and cisco same because this is just the worst not only because I'm saying yeah they know each. they've known each other for so long I mean that's part of it but also there was always this mutual respect between these two characters and I've always felt from the early beginning that even though I don't know Dax like the symbiote has known Cisco for a really long time and Jitsia hasn't Cisco mm-hmm. never ever tried to force anything romantically onto them because they have this history and they're like old friends, and that's just I don't know I hate this so much. <laughs> right now I hate everything with so much over this like this episode I just know it's coming and that just makes it worse. Um, maybe I'll just skip it, but I cannot skip it. I have to watch it. It's like it's a hard thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, like that's the thing with some of the like not great episodes. For example, I really hate the um DS nine mirrorverse because. Ugh, yeah. It's homophobic as fuck. Honestly, it's like it's bad. It's oh, it's so bad. It's so bad in so many different ways. But the homophobia is like one that like really, really, really irked me in the first episode. So I am at the point where like I have the second installment of the Mirrorverse for DS Nine, and I cannot watch DS Nine because of that. And, like it really annoys me because I really, really like the show and I extremely really like the characters so much. But I cannot watch it because I'm like, I'm gonna have to see Kira again, who's in
0: love with herself for some reason. It's like the whole, like, fuck the clone meme yet again. They managed to make, like, to produce a homophobic fuck your own clone version of, like, Mirrors. It's it's really bad. So I think, yeah, as I said, I think the Jitsia and Benjamin thing is really, ugh. And I don't know, I think... I don't hate it as much with like Bashir and Kira, even though it's weird, because as you said, they were married in real life, which makes it a little bit more like funny. It's just like, yeah, they were married. I know maybe it's just like like, fun and games, but I just no, like the thought of like Jake pining after Major Kira. I just hate this so much. I really just want to. Why would anyone write this? So, yeah, that was awful.
1: It was awful. I haven't. I didn't look up who wrote this, by the way, because yeah, I let don't me know. check. Me, yeah, maybe you can do that. I don't know if you want to. So yeah, that was a horny space virus episodes. Um, and like, I just think it's interesting that they found this one trope, that is basically your inhibitions get lowered and you feel whatever you wouldn't normally maybe not normally feel maybe you would especially with the like sadness and whatnot yes alex who wrote this
0: okay i did my research and i have found out a few things the story was written by ira steven bear ira steven bear yes yeah this dude and james crocker (laughs) who doesn't have a wikipedia like i don't know entry so like it's just his name and take a guess like who directed the episode Oh, I just, like,
1: listened to a podcast episode about this and I cannot remember. Was it, was it, was it,
0: oh, was it Cisco? Um, Avery B. Franklin. Yes. Brooks. Oh, this is so weird. That just makes it so much worse. I don't even know why, but I hate it <laughs> even more now. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would have guessed that this was, like, a Rick Berman episode. Because, um, as I said, we're still, like, at the moment we're currently watching Star Trek Enterprise. And there has just been one... In two term, like two different ways, awful episode because the episode Porters, the beagle of like, like Captain Archer gets sick and he almost dies, and I'm like, not the dog. And the second part of it is that we suddenly have Captain Archer pining and being sexually frustrated because he's in space about like to Paul their um Vulcan female sub commander which they point out on multiple occasions (laughs) and I think that one was also written by Rick Berman and I would have imagined that this episode also comes from like his very messed up I definitely know that
1: he had something to do with this though because I just remembered that um in the one scene so basically they're all like in um casual clothing because of the festival light. they're not Mm -hmm. in their uniforms And, like, everyone has pretty just normal-looking stuff that they wear, except for Jetsia. I want you to look up what Jetsia looks like in this episode. I'm
0: I'm gonna go and do that.
1: Yeah, so, um, it's funny. Like, it's not funny, because it's terrible and it's sexist and it's the worst. But, um, yeah, like, her costume choices were always, always, always seconded by, you guessed it, Rick Berman, who wanted her to be, like, really sexy and her padded bras and like it's 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 very bad you can definitely read up on that online if you want to um just let me tell you it's just like it's very upsetting like they talked about that on multiple occasions how like bad it was with the women how he like always like decided that her costumes have to be like super sexy super tight we all remember seven of nine and her stupid cat suit and like it's the same for Jitsia in this episode like in like multiple ones, where she has to be like very, very extra sexy and just like makes one very uncomfortable because, like I said, the others look normal,
0: yeah, i'm 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 currently trying to find like a still from like i I can't find it, but I will find one, and then I think we will put maybe this one and also the outfit we had to see um Tasha, yeah, jar i I don't know how to talk at this point, Tasha in. Um, maybe we will like put these on social media so you can have a look um, because there's like so many pictures of Jitsia here and she's in so many different costumes so I'm not entirely sure which one you refer to so we will yeah we can have a look on Trek later
1: yeah. <clears throat> and uh, find that
0: but yeah that that was that sounds like an awful episode um, I'm glad I haven't had to watch it yet I'm sorry for myself that it's coming and it's coming closer so I think One consistent problem with these episodes is not only the treatment of women, um, which I think we have especially in the like TNG and Deep Space Nine episode. Mm. But also like I don't know, it's very heteronormative in, in a really bad way. Like you can have straight couples. There are lots of straight couples, but it's just like it feels like it's really bad written in terms of how these relationships suddenly develop.
1: Yeah, and how none of them are basically, like, consensual things. Yeah. That is the so next bad. thing.
0: I think, I mean, that's something I I imagine a lot of people... Oh, wait. <clears throat> that's something a lot of people always seem to find funny. When, I don't know, someone is under some kind of spell. There's, like, all these ideas with love spells. You, for example, had this in, like, I don't know, as I said, with, like, Lorelei or, like, Midsummer Night's Dream. And you also had these kind of things, for example, even in Harry Potter, you mm. have in, like, the sixth book... The whole thing with, I don't know, what was her name and the love potion. So I think that's something a lot of people are drawn to. And I guess that's where the inspiration for these episodes come from. But especially in an era where like Me Too is still a really big thing. Luckily, I mean, it's important that we talk about this. It's just really uncomfortable to watch. And it's also really concerning that people back in the day decided this was something they wanted to produce and Mm -hmm. that would have been okay because if you imagine this to be it's like similar to roofies basically definitely and when you look at I don't know cases of I don't know sexual assault and rape and all these horrible things that are happening and then you have an episode where it's basically the same but it's funny because it's a funny space virus it just really makes me question the decision process behind it
1: because I don't yeah. think
0: anyone reflected on how problematic it actually is.
1: Yeah, I think like people just see these characters as like chasing after the others and like think that's like really funny or whatever. Like especially like in the way like let's just say that Jake like chases after Kira and like everyone's like, Ha oh, yeah, it's so funny. He's just like like a boy and he's having a crush and like an older woman and blah 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 and I think like probably and I don't wanna like assume Too much, but I think probably a lot of the people watching this like, uh, imagine you're a teenager in 1994 and you're watching this episode and you see Jake, who's basically your insert in the show, just like Wesley was in um, TNG, yeah, and he's chasing after this like beautiful woman because let's face it, Kira is stunning. I love her too, um, and like he's chasing after her and it's like yeah, I can see myself in this, you know, like he's Mm. doing what I would want to do i think that's like another problem and like i don't want to like talk down on anyone because like if you want to imagine yourself like in a relationship with major kira or whatever like completely fine like go for it but like that they use this to be like oh yeah do you see you can do it too or like just like i think this is setting a really bad example is what i'm trying to say here
0: Definitely and it really makes me think about like the research I had to do for my bachelor thesis because mm-hmm. I was also looking into how stereotypes develop and it's a similar process where you always have these two sides in you either see something be represented and therefore adapt and adopt certain behaviors or you yourself show a behavior that gets mirrored by something that you later on see on TV and which you think makes it okay and this is one of like if you look at media and the medial influence on like the development of stereotypes that's like a big thing what like this process that could happen in both directions and it just makes me i don't know especially i have a younger brother he's going to be 16 and imagine like just like imagining him to be in a position where he watches the episode and is like oh yeah that's okay which he isn't like he My parents did a really good job. He's like really progressive and he's always like fighting um, people who talk down on like minorities and women and everything. So (laughs) I'm really proud of him for that. But just imagining him to grow up in a way where he thinks that's acceptable. I think that's one of the reasons why we have problems with rape culture and like with the Me Too movement, why these things like why the Me Too movement needed to happen. Mm -hmm. Because we have a culture and especially an age group where certain behaviors would just like boys will be boys yeah this is exactly. fine and i think that just really comes through in this episode with jake
1: and if anyone wants to like i don't know like leave a mean comment or something yes we know that it's also like jet chasing after cisco but it's it's a different power dynamic it's just what we wanted to say like mm-hmm. it's it's just it's just represented in a completely different way and also the whole thing with Jutsia, just like we said, makes us uncomfortable just as much as, like, the Jake and Kira thing. So, yeah, we just wanted to, you know, like, in this very lighthearted kind of episode, we also sometimes need to make a statement against rape culture. Actually, we always need to make a statement against rape culture.
0: Definitely. So. Always. 100%. And also I just want to add is, um, I mean, I think it's quite normal in, like, a lot of people's, I don't know, development, personal development, especially when they are teenagers, that you do have certain crushes on certain people. Definitely. I think almost every person that I personally know has, I don't know, expressed some, I don't know, attraction to sometimes older people or anything. If they are celebrities, if they're real, I like I'm not saying celebrities are just <laughs> what we imagine. <laughs> but like if they're in your real personal life, that's normal. But I think the big problem here isn't that he has a crush on Kira. It's like how they decided that it would be okay for him to act it out and how it would be okay, like, to show this and be like, yeah, boys will be boys. I think that's, like, the thing. I mean, I haven't seen the episode, but I'm just assuming here. <laughs> yeah, kind of, basic. yeah,
1: yeah. Like, in the episode, it definitely wasn't as um serious as we're taking it, but... It's just a different perspective. Like, that's what we offer in this podcast. It's just like a different perspective on things, right? Because especially yeah. us as queer women, I think we have quite a different um, perspective on these kinds of things. Uh, anyway, so yep, that's what we definitely. offer here. Take it or leave it, basically.
0: Yeah. And I think this is why I personally like The Naked Time the most, the TOS episode, mm-hmm. because it doesn't have this... Really sexual background. I mean, some it kinda interaction. Does. It kind of does, but like you also have Zulu running around with a sword, hunting down people. No, 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 no. People. that's not like,
1: that's not what I mean. The thing is like how Chapel is the only one. She's like the only <sighs> woman affected, right, yeah. by this thing, and she's also the only one who like professes uh confesses her love for Spock in like a very just uncomfortable way. Mm-hmm. I think because like she is very vulnerable in that moment, and we all know that Spock is not interested, obviously, right. Whether you had Kananem as just being like Vulcan, Stoic, whatever, or gay or ace or anything, he's definitely not interested in Treppel in any way. Yeah. And like in that moment, I like, they made me just very uncomfortable because I think that they're using her attraction to him as kind of a like comic relief or like a loving matter or anything, which I don't think it mm. is and like this is not the only thing um the only time this happens to her it's also like um in amok time right when spock is like yeah um you shouldn't debase yourself by bringing me soup or whatever like it's kind of the same thing but like yeah in that moment she also it's kind of like in the ds9 episode actually like she doesn't have a choice she just feels it her inhibitions lower her judgment goes and she's like yes i love you you know like that made me very uncomfortable too.
0: And yeah, I didn't really think about that. But Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I'm not going to say like this is completely okay and they should be doing this. But I could personally imagine that in the 1960s that might have been an attempt to show that women also get to express their emotions in this kind of way. And also, I don't know, I'm just spitballing here. But in general, like, it's not cool. Especially Mm -hmm. if this is the only female character you have. It's like, it would be like, if, for example, you had a female crew with like one male character and the male character in this situation becomes like a barbaric, non-feeling person and being like, I don't know. It would be the same stereotypical portrayal of this gender. And I think that's just like the big no-no in this episode yeah that was fun i'm traumatized yeah now we've talked about horny space viruses (laughs) which is fun i just i just cannot i'm sorry but like jake and kira is giving me so many creeps. this is the worst oh i hate this yes
1: it is the worst i agree um so yeah that's basically everything we wanted to say for this right (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think now it's time to move on to something a little bit better. Yeah. A little bit more entertaining. I suppose. And um we're gonna what we're gonna do now, if this is your first time listening to us, hi. If it isn't, you probably know what's coming. Um we are going to play our little game of Fuck Marry, Kill. But I mean <laughs> Yeah, we're not we're not doing the whole Fuck Marry, Kill part for multiple reasons. Um we decided to go with the categories being trapped in an elevator for 10 hours with that person. Having them as your the McDonald's or fast food employee trainer. And have them be your lab partner for an entire semester. And I don't know. Do you want to start or should I start? I want to start. I want to give you my people first. Okay. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So
1: I've like picked someone from every episode basically. Um, so my first person um, is Vedic Barayal.
0: Uh, ryle okay Mm -mm.
1: my second person is lieutenant riley and my third person (laughs) is tasha yar
0: tasha i love tasha she's amazing yeah
1: the way she was killed off was great
0: (laughs) (laughs) i that was one of the funniest moments in the entire show because i did not realize she was dead until they were (laughs) like she's dead and i was like you're a doctor you should know how to reanimate people but apparently they don't if you get hit by lightning you're dead that's just space law yeah. so yeah um okay let me think for a second um i don't know hmm. i hmm. because i want to spend all my time with Tasha and none of my time with Barail and riley because i don't have any relationship to them like beryl sometimes is a little bit annoying to me if i gotta be honest hmm. because like the whole politics thing and like with the their religion and stuff i mean it's not my most favorite storyline so I think, but I think he could have some really good inputs into, I don't know, life in general. And I think if you talk about something else than his religion, I think he can be quite the pleasant person. I I'm think, I, I don't know. So I think I would be trapped in the elevator with him because, I don't know, you could have a nice conversation with him. He's like an educated person and I think that could be fun. And I think I would want to have Riley as my lab partner because... Wasn't he like some engineering person? Yeah. I don't remember. I think so. So he knows the science uh, like stuff and can do the techno bubble and I can just be there like, yeah, you do you and we can sing songs together and have like a grand time. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, my brain at this point is basically a jukebox of like 25,000 different songs, which all are ridiculous in some way or another so I think I could have a good time with him for a semester and I think ta- having Tasha Yar as your employee trainer could be quite a lot of fun yeah just like she's nice she's really on point she can, she's really good at ex- explaining like stuff to other people and she wouldn't get killed off so <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly. these are my choices okay now I shall give you my three names mm-hmm. um I decided to go into the newest show we're watching, Star Trek Enterprise, because I was like, yeah, I don't, yeah, why not? So my three characters are, are you ready? Yes, I am. My first character is Captain Archer. Mm-hmm. My second character is communications officer Hoshi. Amazing. And my third character is the best character on the show. It's he's a good boy. He's amazing. And it's Porter's. Okay. The best dog. The bestest space dog. He is
1: honestly like what brings us the most joy while watching this show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Seeing him run around an alien planet, just being the happy beagle that he is brings me so much joy.
1: Yeah. I wish all of you could see how much we are not interested in anything that happens to the human crew members on this show. But as <laughs> soon as Porthos even just shows up, we like, I don't know, like squeal in delight. It's, It's the best thing. Yeah, I think it should be mandatory for every Star Trek show in the future that's being produced to just have a pet on board at least yes. once
0: and to have it come back regularly. Yes, because yes, he's almost regularly. there, ev- like he's there almost every episode.
1: Yeah, that's true. So,
0: okay, Dumb, make okay your so choices.
1: My, okay, so I would want my lab partner to be Hoshi because um, she's really smart. And she's nice and I really would want to spend more time with her because I feel like on the show you get like to learn a lot more about Archer and Malcolm and you know, like I mm-hmm. want to know more about Hoshi. I think she's really interesting. She's like she's like a language prodigy. She's doing it all by herself and I think that's so cool. Like how mm-hmm. she's like the first one to figure all these things out. And so I would definitely want to spend more time with her. I would want (laughs) to be stuck in an elevator with porzos, obviously. Like, that's just, like, the best thing. Like, I cannot imagine a better way to spend 10 hours in, like, a confined space than with a beagle. He would probably go, like, a little bit mad at some point. Because, obviously, he can't move the way he usually does. Because beagles are very active dogs. But,
0: you know, like... Still. He's used like, to it at this point. I mean, he's on the spaceship, and the the yeah. the original Enterprise, the first one, isn't that big. No, it's it's like really submarine-y from like how it's um designed. So I think he would be okay.
1: Yeah, I think so too. So yeah, I could play with him. I could squidge <gasps> him. I could cuddle him. It would be could, yeah. just thinking about it makes me extremely happy. Like oh, no, order for those. Yeah, <laughs> <Amazing. Borders.
0: sighs>
1: Great. And then, obviously, I would want Archer to be my employee trainer because I think he's a great boss, first of all. He's a great captain. Everyone who, like, doesn't put Archer in the the who-do-you-think-is-the-best-captain lists can go right to Super Mega Turbo Hell because, (laughs) (laughs) like, he's a great... He's great. He has all the dad vibes. He's, like, he's so... Just, he wants to understand what's going on with his crew. He's very empathetic. He just likes to talk to them, like, the way he, like let everyone like eat with him at some point like how they're always having dinners on that show it's great i love it a lot on it yeah he's a great captain and i think he would be a really really good employee trainer he would be very understanding and i think he gives good instructions too you know like he's used to giving commands so that's a thing he can do
0: yeah Yeah. and he also i think what makes him so intriguing to watch is that he has this faith in his crew. he has (laughs) faith of the heart that they will do <laughs> what they're gonna do. No, I'm just like in general, like I'm genuinely saying that. For example, when he's basically putting Hoshi in a situation where she has to force herself to grow as a person and to, I don't know, get used to putting herself into situations that might be a little bit uncomfortable. And he does that so he can strengthen her and he can help her shape who she is as an officer. And I think that really stands out and that makes him a really good captain.
1: Yeah, I think so too. He's a great captain.
0: Okay, that was amazing. I mean, we all knew that the pets on Star Trek are our favorite animals uh, yeah. like and characters and everything. So yeah, there goes that. So now I have an even more important question for you. Yep. Paula, who is your fuck, fuck of this week's episode? Okay, so my fuckfuck this week is yet again not related to anything
1: in this episode <laughs> because life is also happening while everything else is going on. And mm-hmm. my fuckback this week is just seminars on Zoom because like yeah. I said, uni has started up again and we've like we have everything um like all of our classes are online and just like Zoom seminars are just the worst. It's just it, it's even worse than like I don't mind going to normal classes, right? And to be fair, I wouldn't want to go to normal classes at the moment because I don't want to get sick and I don't want to endanger ev- anyone else, right? But the thing is, it's just it makes me so uncomfortable because you just sit there and you have to like school your expression because literally anyone else, <laughs> like everyone else can see you the whole time. So you have to look kind of interested and then you have to listen to what's going on. And, like, I hate talking in them, too, because it's just, like, it's worse, like, than in the normal, just class, because you can just, like, mm-hmm. you raise your hand, you get picked, and you talk. But, like, in Zoom, it's kind of disorganized, and I don't know, I don't like it. And also, like, since we just started our master's, and not everyone has had the same qualifications that we had when we finished our bachelor's thesis just now, um, they have to, like do a lot of just like the basics and do a lot of like the revision and whatnot and since we have had actually quite a bit of knowledge already it's even more boring because sometimes they explain like very basic things and like yeah that's great and they have to but you just sit there and you're like i have to look interesting but i kind of want to die right now and yeah that is the worst so. It's
0: it's it's it truly really is I really get that I think one part for me that is the absolute worst is that I know that at any given moment everyone can see me yeah and I am a person I personally prefer to especially when I'm like in big groups to sit in like a corner of a room because I don't mind talking in front of people but it makes me like my social anxiety gets so bad when I know that everyone is staring at me and in this like I don't know context of Sitting in front of your camera and everyone looking at you. I usually get so nervous before classes start, which is so stupid. Because everyone looks incredibly bored and stupid. But my social anxiety is just like, ugh, Mm -hmm. through the roof. And it's less about, what if they hate me? It's more about every single thing I do, they will be able to see. And it's the worst. So yeah, I get that. It's like, yeah, these classes are awful. I mean, I'm glad that we have the choice to do it digitally. To do it online. It's safer and... It might be annoying, but at the same time, like, uh, it's just the worst. So yeah, great fuck fuck.
1: Yes. So Alex, who's your fuck fuck this week?
0: My fuck fuck is something we've talked about. (laughs) It's the fully functional data. (laughs) I have so many opinions on this. I, first and foremost, as I said, this is something that usually bothers me when I'm watching these kinds of episodes, especially when it's like a biological virus He's a computer. I mean, he's a really amazing, incredible computer, and I love him very much. But on the base of it, he's a computer. How th- this just doesn't work. Which is something that irks me. And then, I don't know. I'm one of these people. I had canon data. Especially since he later on says that he doesn't experience social attraction. And that's social. I mean, maybe also not social. <laughs> but I'm talking about sexual attraction. And that's why in my head, he's an asexual character. He's on the asexuality like spectrum. I'm not going to say he's asexual. He could be demi or graysexual. I'm, I don't know. They mm-hmm. never said it. But just even if he were <laughs> demi... We never saw any kind of emotion, especially since he has problems like connecting emotionally to other people, which opens up the another entire spectrum of like maybe he's on the I don't know what's it called aspect. No a- arrow. Do you no, no. <laughs> I I do have a brain. Okay. He's on the um autism autism autism. Thank you, my yeah. brain. Um, which just opens up an entire new like conversation. And that's like the thing and this is something we never saw him be emotionally connected to Tasha. We never saw any of that. Now he's fully functional and i just hate that expression so much because you say to like because it first and foremost it makes him sound like he's not a real character and he's a machine that's what it sounds like it's like saying my car is fully functional after i accidentally drove into a tree or whatever (laughs) and also it's just oh it makes me so angry i don't know i hate it so much so yeah this expression of the fully functional data because even if he decides like he has sex that's just i mean you do you i don't care but this expression of being like fully functional oh something in me just dies so yeah, yeah that's my fuck fuck
1: i get that i get that everyone really hates it i think uh, like at least everyone i know about
0: yeah i mean a lot of people actually really hate that moment for yeah. so many different reasons and as i said i don't even want to get started because i don't i'm not like on the autism spectrum at least as far as i know i don't think i am and I think that's just like a discussion we cannot have on our own as we're both not on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. But I just want to imagine, like I'm imagining and from what I've read on Tumblr that that's also a huge part of why people hate it so much because it opens up an entire new discussion we should have at some point but we shouldn't have alone. Yeah. So now to, to happier things. Yes. Paula, who's your dude?
1: Okay, listen, I need, I need, to, I need to tell you that... As long as you listen to this podcast, you're definitely going to be in our heads more than anyone would ever want to. <laughs> so yeah. the thing is that, um, so, you know, there's some hyperfixations that come and go. <laughs> and we're just like, since everything is very unstable and things are happening around you that you can't control. What we chose to do is we're just going to go right back very very far back in the fandoms department and so we rewatched all of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies <laughs> this week yeah. the first three are amazing the best bangers great They're, they were made for the girls and the gays and I respect that a lot um I don't want to start a discussion about Johnny Depp or anything just let me tell you like the movies in itself were great the fourth and the fifth yeah. obviously are the most atrocious things I've ever had to witness in my entire life. The fourth, not yeah. so much as the fifth because Penelope Cruz and we love her the most, but I cannot believe I sat through two fucking hours of like <laughs> whatever the fifth one was just to have three minutes of Orlando Bloom in them and 30 seconds of Kira Knightley. How is that possible? Okay, I'm ranting again, but um, I just wanted to say, so my dude is Orlando Bloom because like we've been very, very, very hyper fixated on him for some reason, you know, like... And I want to like formally apologize to Carl Rubin.
0: Damn it, man. I'm a doctor, not a physicist.
1: We still love you. You just like yes. took a step back in our brains and Orlando Bloom is at the forefront. If you look at my Pinterest boards, which please do not, just don't. <laughs> um, but like, you will notice um, many, many, many pictures of him. So, um, yeah, that's my dude this week. I mean, he's generally made us happy. Like when we like we talked about um, how he punched Justin Bieber just like the other <laughs> night. And we like we were so delighted because like obviously you don't think about that all the time. But we were like, damn, do you remember that time when Orlando Bloom just like up and punched Justin Bieber? And I'm like, yes, it was a great time. Let's do that again. If you're listening, please do that again. Like, I cannot... No, that's actually a call to violence. No. I'm pretty sure this is yeah. illegal.
0: <laughs> Highly. <laughs> don't. Don't. Do I not do not encourage
1: n- any kind of violence towards anyone ever, except for racists, homophobes and Nazis in general. But
0: But even then, I would recommend it to be self-defense for legal reasons. For legal reasons, yes. But in general, we don't recommend... No. We don't... I don't know. How do you say? In... in, in and endure indulge condone we don't condone violence (laughs) down I know language we don't condone violence but no that's a really good choice especially Orlando Bloom he's just nice to look at and he punched Justin Bieber and he's just like a dude I get that he's a dude
1: and he has great dogs too
0: yeah and great hair yes and great hair I just wanted to point that out his hair I don't know how he does it but it looks amazing I mean he has a stylist I'm aware but you know you know he has great hair so yeah I love that choice Mm -hmm. okay Alex so who's your dude this week My dude is someone in, like, a character in the Star Trek universe. And we've talked about her before. I just love Loxana Troy so much. Even though she always gets these super awful, like, storylines. And I don't know. I think she's just such an interesting character. She's so posh and so loud and so unapologetic. And I love it so much. And the way she continuously embarrasses, first, Picard and her daughter Troy. Like Deanna and then later on Cisco and everyone else and she's just going with it and she makes me so happy and even though yeah of course she always gets these really weird stories like I don't know she's always the device the that some and why something bad happens but her episode especially with Worf's son Alexander. Yeah. Is one of the best episodes I've seen so far in Star Trek. It's so sweet. It's delightful. And it's just like, I love it so much. So yeah, she's my dude of the week. She just made me happy. And thinking about her just makes me really happy. Amazing. Yeah. This was today's episode on horny spice viruses.
1: (laughs) It was kind of fun. We didn't do one accent, which do you want to redeem that now?
0: I mean, I could, my lord. (laughs) I don't know what that was. (laughs) I don't even know what I wanted to go for. (laughs) I don't know. Tell me. We could do... Oh, yeah. We're watching Enterprise. And one of the characters... I mean, Malcolm is from Great Britain. So he has this typical Star Trek great... Posh English accent. Yeah. uh, yeah. And we also have Drip Talker, engineer. Drip Talker. (laughs) Drip Talker. He is the engineer. (laughs) (laughs) And our trigger point to get into that accent is nothing less than Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus. It is. And just this breaking hard? I just don't think you understand. <laughs> so yeah, our honorary exit <laughs> of the week is southern because it doesn't really specify. I think he says at some point where he's from, but I think he's from Alabama. But Sweet I'm not home sure. Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it's like to live in our apartment. So now you get a glimpse into our reality. So yeah, um. This was fun. We we tried to educate some people. We talked about shitty, horny, spice viruses and why it's weird. I actually thought about making an entire episode on viruses. And Paula was like, no, we, we live in a pandemic. We should not just talk about sad viruses. So I was like, yeah, fair enough. So yeah, if you like this episode and you want to reach out to us or you want to see shitty memes or you want to see how, I don't know tasha and jazia looked like in these horrible episodes you can find us on social media you can find us on twitter and on instagram under at deep underscore space underscore gay this time i made it <laughs> <laughs> and um if you want to you can also reach out to us um via email i don't know do you know or email like can, did you memorize your or email address no but i can look it up right now Um, while
1: you still talk about different things, I suppose.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can talk about different things. So we don't know what the next episode Oh I I found it actually. (laughs) This is my life. Yeah, go ahead. It's
1: deep.space.gay at gmail.com.
0: Yeah. You can also find it in our Instagram bio and I think in our Twitter bio. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's in there, but you can and you can reach out to us in either German or English. We just want to put that out. Yeah. We, like we technically do know a little bit of Spanish <laughs> and French. Please but... do not try to communicate <laughs> with us in Spanish
1: or French. Technically we do speak the languages. But like just please don't try. Because yeah. like I said. Like the brain capacity is rapidly declining. And no. Oh yeah.
0: So yeah. um, That was our episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have input. If you think that. I don't know. The Bashir and Kira relationship actually made sense you can tell us so please reach out to us and from then on i think i hope you have a good week a good day a good night whenever you're listening to this it was a lot of fun and we shall see you next time bye bye.